The Tenth Commandment warns against coveting. While this sin may be last on the list, it is one of the most prevalent in our hearts. In fact, our casual acceptance of it reveals that we don't take it that seriously. Deep down, this is as serious of a sin as they come. It's time to go the second mile in controlling comparison. This is Travis Agnew. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where you seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5.41, where he said, if anyone asks you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. Jesus is too great and glorious to follow at a half pace or halfway. We want to go all the way in. And so that's why I've chosen this summer to go through the Ten Commandments, these ancient rules that were given to the Israelites years and years ago that still have such a weight on the disciple of of Jesus Christ today. And this is why I think it's so important for us to look at these is that we don't want to just say where well, the commandments were just for those people back there, or we're just going to make sure that we just uh, obey the serious ones or the ones that we value as higher than others. We say, no, we if, if God's word says something is important, we want to live like it's important. And so kind of the overarching thing, we, we spent the first week talking about the nature of the Ten Commandments and spent one week looking at every single one. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those, I invite you to go back and listen, whether you're listening to here on, on, on my website or if you're listening here, I've got a podcast that you can subscribe in about nine different platforms and go back through these. But the goal has been for us to really evaluate and not just to say, well, because I've never murdered someone, I'm not guilty of the Sixth Commandment. It's go, no, 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 what, what's really after the heart of God there to realize that I think that every single person, we're, we're guilty of all of these in some way. We're guilty of every single breaking every single commandment because of when Jesus came, he upped the ante in such a way and, and raised the bar to show us about how serious really it's a heart issue before it's ever an issue in the hand. And, and so with this, our, our kind of summarizing statement has been that the commandments are the rules we could not keep, yet it is the standard we must still seek. So while no person other than Jesus could ever keep them perfectly, and the law was put and intended in our life to show that we couldn't keep it and our need for a Savior, still it is the standard we must still seek. We must shoot for that effort. We must say if God says adultery is bad, we don't run wide open into it. We say your ways are better than our ways, your thoughts are better than our thoughts, and your rules are far better than our opinions. And so in a land and a time and a world that just prioritizes immediate gratification, instant gratification. A lot of these commandments are saying, still yourself, listen to God, and allow Him to meet the needs in His way at His time. And so in this issue of the last commandment of coveting, we need to talk about this major issue about controlling comparison and what it means for our lives. So a lot of people will say, well, obviously coveting comes the last Ten Commandments because uh, it's it's not that big of a deal, right? And that is a unfair understanding of the commandments. In fact, I have always thought the, the way I, I can keep tracking, uh, I taught my kids how to remember the Ten Commandments in order. Is there those four that are vertical, uh, us, our relationship with God, and then six that kind of do with our interactions with one another, the horizontal commandments. Um uh, how we interact with one another. And I've always said that, but one of the ways that you can keep tabs on it is not necessarily, I don't think that one is more serious than the other. I just think that especially the last six, including honor father and mother, that 
they go in order of the more apparent consequences. So the earlier in the list, the greater the amount of natural consequences. The later in the list, uh, the lesser amount of natural consequences. But that doesn't mean that it's not as serious. Because the issue of coveting, it's all about controlling comparison. So first milers will look at this commandment and say, okay, I know I need to avoid coveting and I don't need to be too crazy and greedy and always think about what other people have and be really jealous of it. That's true. But second milers know more than just avoiding coveting is about embracing contentment. To be able to say, I'm content in what God has provided for me and I don't need anything else. So this is why this is such a huge issue because when coveting is run loose in my heart, what I'm ultimately saying with my thoughts, words, and actions is this. God, you haven't given me what I deserve. And now you're starting to see why this one is so serious. It's not just this little tiny one at the end of the list. It's not that big of a deal. You are looking at God who has given you life, sustained you life, given you breath, given you food, given you covering, given you salvation, given you so many of your needs. And brother and sister, let me tell you, so many of your wants. And you have the audacity to look up to God and you are in your soul shaking your fist and saying to him, you've given me the wrong amount of stuff. And in fact, not only that, I think what you've given to other people is not right. I deserve what you gave them. That's the heart of this commandment. And now you see, while it is such a serious commandment, it's not one that's just kind of jovial and not that big of a deal. It comes at the end of the list in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. And this is what he says. Um, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet his male servant or his female servant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. And I, I, whenever I, I read that uh, or quote that verse, I always just laugh because it's kind of like at the end, he's talking about all these different things. He goes, and at the end, he's like, oh, and really anything else, right? But it comes down. So he really broke it down in some situations. Don't covet your neighbor's house. The, the where he lives, the home, the land that that person lives in. Don't look at the HGTV all the time and telling yourself what you deserve and what you should have and becoming discontent and what you already are blessed with. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. You should not look at someone else's spouse and think, how did he get hurt? How did she get him? Why don't I have someone who looks like that? Why don't I have someone who acts like that? Why don't I have someone who has those types of hobbies? That's coveting. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. And he says, don't covet your neighbor's uh, male servant or female servant. Really, this is talking about really um, people that would be in your home or possessions or things that you have. So in, uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's also going to talk about like... Um, your ox or your donkey, this kind of talks about. So in our context, it might be don't don't covet someone's car or don't covet their possessions. Don't covet the, the kids in their house. Don't covet the skills that they have. Don't covet the abilities or the status that they've attained. And, and he gets down to the heart of it at the end. and says, don't covet anything that's your neighbor's. Why is that? Because ultimately, once again, you are making the judgment call that you think God has provided for you incorrectly and he has provided for your neighbor incorrectly. And you are now telling God he doesn't know what he's doing at his job and you think you could do better. Telling God that you think you could do better at his job is a serious, serious accusation. And you may have never verbalized that, but that is what coveting is right down at the heart of it. And so 
Um, it's not a commandment speaking against desire. It's a commandment speaking against unhealthy desire. And oftentimes, unhealthy desires are those things that might be natural desires, but at a wrong place or a wrong time. Uh, in the situation of coveting your neighbor's house, is God against you having a house? No. In fact, uh, he speaks of making sure that you have covering and making sure that you provide for your family. And it's not a bad thing to get a job and provide for those that you're responsible for. But it's about coveting and desiring something that doesn't belong to you. Is having a desire for a wife or a husband a bad thing? No, it's about desiring someone that's not yours. That's the bad thing, coveting something that doesn't belong to you. So here's the questions that you have to kind of process through, right, that might help you think through uh, is how guilty of you uh, of this sin are you today? Here's a few questions to process. Um, do I think I deserve something more than someone else? At the heart of coveting, that's what it is, right? You're comparing and thinking they have that car, and what did they do to deserve to that? Or you say, they only work at that. How in the world could they live in a house like that? You're thinking you deserve something more than someone else. Here's another question. Do I express dissatisfaction with what I have been given? Are you constantly complaining and grumbling about what you don't have and how you wish you had a little bit more or you wish you had a little something different? If you're expressing dissatisfaction with what you've been given, you're in danger of breaking this commandment. Uh, here's another question. Am I willing to hinder another to help myself, right? So are you against your neighbor having something and even being almost um, antagonistic to it because you think they don't deserve it? Why don't they deserve it? Well, because you deserve it more. Are you trying to hinder someone else in your attempt to hinder help yourself? Are you unwilling to uh, give in this? I'm thinking about this question. Uh, am I too stingy to give to others? Are you so concerned with what you have that you're unable to open up your hands and realize you have been given a lot. God's been very generous to you, and you have more than what you need. But I'll tell you the reality of that. You know that if you're struggling with coveting is that if you're unable to give, to give to a person in need, to give to a church, to give to a ministry. Why? Because you think you need to keep everything under you because, honestly, you think you deserve more than what you already have. Are you, in some ways, here's another question for you to think of. Do I ever seem settled in what I have? Uh, it seems like to me that I always think if I could just have a little bit more money or just a little bit bigger house or just a little nicer car, just a little bit nicer clothes. And what happens is every time you've ever reached that line, it's always a little bit further. You say, I need to have a nicer house. And as soon as you get there and somebody builds beside you that's even bigger, you all of a sudden look at your tiny house that you used to think was large. Why? It's all about comparison. Um, would people say that you complain a lot? And that's another question to ask. Do you complain constantly about what you have and what you don't have? That's a good indication of, of if you're struggling with comparison and contentment. And the last question is this. What am I lacking to be content? What is it in your life that if you would just say, if I just had this, I would be okay? You know what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4? He goes, I've learned the secret of contentment. I've learned in any and every circumstance, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full, whether I'm in want or I'm in need, whatever it is, I've learned the secret of being content. He goes, I can do all those things through Christ who strengthens me. When you realize you have a relationship with Christ, you can be at a place where you don't have to always be worried about what other people have. And that's the issue about controlling comparison. As we've gone through all these Ten Commandments, obviously there's a standard we can't keep perfectly, but it's still that ideal that we must seek, we must drive out. And I pray that you would seek to rid yourself of comparison and coveting and every other sin. Why? Because we don't want to follow Jesus halfway. He's worth it every step of the way. I hope to see you on the second mile.